This podcast is brought to you by Nouveau York and the Sound of New York City, featuring native New Yorkers, house music producers, and DJ duo Muscle Cars. All music by Muscle Cars. Hey, this is uh, Brandon from Muscle Cars. Uh, this is Craig from Muscle Cars. I remember my mom playing a lot of uh, like Jill Scott, uh, Lauren Hill. This is maybe 2000, 2001. Um, so that the whole neo soul movement was pretty popular. So she would play a lot of like Jill Scott was hot at the time, Lauren Hill, um, Erica Badu, um, and she loved to play every single Christmas the um, Boys to Men Christmas album. <laughs> so growing up, I definitely had a lot of yeah, like a lot of like R and B, like early 2000, late 90s R and B. Um, but I was really, really big on hip hop. Um, being from New York, um, I was a huge 50 Cent, 50 Cent fan. Um, Eminem, Nas, um, and I didn't really get into dance music until I want to say maybe 2006, 2007. And funny enough, it was actually I was a huge Kanye West fan, and it was when I discovered the um, the sample he used from Daft Punk for "Stronger." Um, and then I went to check out Daft Punk's music and just kind of went down a rabbit hole from there. Um, and then I discovered the whole Ed Manger crew, um, was really big on a lot of the French DJs at the time, uh, like Justice and, and uh, Medi, and also going into like DJ Falcon, a lot of the sort of like earlier guys. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. And I also have a personality where if I am really into something, I want to dig deep into it, discover the history, spend hours on it. So I, was, I used to do that with sneakers. I was a sneaker collector. Um, and then, yeah, when I discovered dance music, it was kind of the same thing. I just fell down this like rabbit hole and just literally went through every single artist and who were they inspired by and then just kind of did my history from there. very into like all the soul and R&B um, like Sade Jill Scott kind of like Brandon's mom but also like the 112 and like Jaheem stuff like that so huge R&B background um, also like all of the great soul singers so like Patti LaBelle Shaka Khan um, uh, Diane Warwick a lot of soul, a lot of disco. And um, my dad, on the other hand, he was, like when I was kind of younger, he was doing um, ghostwriting for a lot of like country contemporary artists. Um, and he had a studio in the apartment the whole time I was growing up. So there would always be like people coming in and out and like lots of like, I think that might be where I kind of got a, uh, indie and like alternative influence um, and I think so like growing up for me I would hear that stuff but I'd also be more into like hip-hop huge like G-Unit fan uh, The Locks, Dipset, lots of like New York hip-hop um, like I think just like anybody in New York you went through like an NWA phase and like Tupac a lot of West Coast stuff 
Um, and it wasn't until, I think maybe like a little bit, 2000, like early 2000s, like when Daft Punk One More Time came out. Um, but I still didn't really get into them until like around 2005, 2006. Um, and... I was listening to like the newer hip hop, but mostly like Daft Punk, uh, all of like the Ed Banger stuff, all of like the Mastercraft, Bloody Beach Roots, lots of like what we call now like Blog House, but I think before it was like electronic electro music. And on the other side, it was like a lot of like the blog indie, like the Klaxons and MGMT, um, Late of the Pier, like a lot of indie bands like that and then from there i think there's this track on uh homework by daft punk called teachers and they list all of their influences so it's funny at the same time as we were listening to like the electronic stuff we were also listening to like or i guess starting to listen to like masters at work and like uh, lewis lots of like artists like this kind of met at that like very formative part of like going out and like club life so we have definitely similar upbringings um i i started doing like a lot of the like free concerts around the same time uh i remember like a lot of the williamsburg waterfront like saw simeon mobile disco i think there um major laser did like a block party and at this time like nobody really knew about it but like 
that blockhouse scene like diplo was like a dj but he wasn't like major laser jack you yet so like it wasn't crazy like it is now um lots of the central park summer stage shows uh remember boys noise i think drop the lime as curses was doing parties there too or like live concert things i think we had like a lot of older friends but they were doing like we had a friend stefan vasquez who does fight club now but he was doing like a lot of like documentary and like film work for artists like skrillex and uh who else was he doing for he's doing like an electro wars documentary if he was playing like we'd sneak into like a warehouse in williamsburg or um i remember we'd have to sneak into webster hall because we weren't even 19 yet um which was like a really funny thing considering like our sound now it was like a lot of like big room electro and a lot of like dubstep i remember seeing like Louis and uh, like Brodinski and Gazefelstein there do back to back uh, Riton like a lot of like the people who we look up to kind of like we have a lot of stories where we snuck into places and like had these cool nights but like we have probably twice as many stories where we got rejected or like we, we we like got kicked out for being too young or something like that so um a lot of the stuff that we were watching was from like youtube and like glenn han glenn gem on youtube and instagram um he was like a way for us to see a lot of like what was going on behind the scenes and what was going on like in the dj booth like I remember trying to copy the style of like Xavier from Justice and like his DJing and like looping and stuff because um, those guys were also super creative at the time. Um, and yeah, and then from then, like after we played, I think we were both 19, um, like 18 or 19 when we played the our first gig at National Underground. Um, and from there, it was like, maybe we'll start trying to sneak into places like Laban instead of like Webster Hall, um, just because like our tastes kind of changed at that point. I started going to this place called National Underground in um, the Lower East Side. Um, and we would sometimes pop in there every now and again, too, just to check it out. And um, at least for me, I remember that was kind of also where I started to have more of an appreciation for underground dance music. Because I would go to, like, Webster Hall and it'd be, like, crazy, kids super drunk, get their shirts off and stuff. Um, and the music was just, like, really loud and aggressive. And then I would go to, like, a place like the National Underground um, or, like, I went to, like, Sullivan Room once. Um, and it was, like, a completely different atmosphere that I fell in love with. Like, people were more engaged with the music. Most people were sober and just kind of, you know, um, there just to have a good time and dance. Um, and, yeah, I feel like the music was more kind of, like, eclectic and nuanced and kind of more entertaining and, you know. sound of New York City. 
I think in Paris and like a lot of places in Europe um, and also in LA, I feel like it was a big thing amongst our generation and in New York. Um, it was not a cool thing to listen to like dance music. It was like very, very niche. Um, and so like, I feel like every high school had like two kids. <laughs> I remember it's like me and one other kid who I see at Bossa sometimes, but like everybody else would be like, I'm not listening to that shit. When we first met, fell words apart. I remember you and I would talk, hands, romance. Set the record straight, told you you'll be mine, please don't go. we were listening to Justice and going to see Skrillex play um, I was still downloading like the Masters at Work discography and like a lot of the kind of like earlier 90, 90s New York stuff like I was discovering Carrie Chandler at the time uh, my mom used to go to the garage um, I remember the first time I heard of it I asked her about it um, and through that just kind of started going deeper into that too and discovered Larry LeVan and the records he played and so there's always kind of this balance of like we'll go and see like Skrillex play or go to these kind of like more electro shows but also still loved and appreciated you know more yeah I guess more soulful and I also find that um I have more of a a connection like an emotional reaction with with the music that we play not that I didn't with like the electro stuff but that just felt very kind of trendy and I also feel like when we DJed I remember our first DJ set we didn't really play any electro at all I remember playing like Carrie Chandler and and that sort of stuff and, and I guess um, another way to look at it too is that when we started going out to these kind of shows it was more just the excitement of it um, it was like an exciting thing but yeah I don't think it ever really defined our, our musical tastes completely um, so it's funny we sometimes like listen to old like dubstep records and kind of like laugh about it now I guess we both realized when we kind of started DJing, we would have friends that would come out and their perception of dance music or even house music. When they thought house music, they would think, you know, big room Ibiza stuff. Um, and then they would come out and hear us play and be like, whoa, I love this. This is house music. Um, and so, yeah, just through that, I was kind of like, wow, this is such a niche underground, but also I think beautiful community and culture. Um, that, yeah, I think like that legacy just kind of like needs to live on. Um, that's one of the main reasons why we started Coloring Lessons too, which is to kind of continue that and have people like Carlos Sanchez play, who's like a, you know, huge, huge pioneer in, in the New York City dance community and Anthony Nicholson and, you know, kind of give people uh, a platform. These guys that, you know, had such a imprint on the community um, who maybe don't get to DJ out as much because they don't have a huge Instagram following or they're just not as relevant, trying to use our platform to uh, allow them some, some room to shine. It's definitely our goal, educate the current generation, the current scene, specifically on like 
the music that that is like so um it's kind of inspired us and just kind of like what in like within the house music history our city is known for and what we want to do with coloring lessons um party the label the radio show in terms of our production um we're doing it we're making it like our own um we were super influenced by like everything that's been done but we didn't want to do like a carbon copy because like people are still it's not like nobody's making house music like people are still making house and techno and like soulful house and like we're influenced by that but also like soul and jazz and R&B even electro and so like we have all these styles and genres and sounds that we like i guess have internalized and are now trying to like with our first and second and like we have our third uh project coming out a couple weeks and so you can kind of hear like a lot of the influences that of that we've discussed that are kind of like coming out in our sound and that kind of make it different from um i guess everything else that's going on right now yeah um and in terms of um the parties i guess in terms of that twist i think a lot of it has to do with our upbringing um and the, and the earlier shows we were going to and going to like these electro shows and just having this wider appreciation of these different sounds and kind of subgenres in dance music so you know at coloring lessons we try not to have it just be a soulful house party you know we'll we'll play techno if it if it calls for it or, or other or other styles of dance music and we also try to approach um approach it with a bit of humility too and not try to be too serious i think in like our, our track selection sometimes and we just like to play fun records um uh, for people to dance to as opposed to it being this very serious for the heads kind of kind of environment you know it's probably more relatable to you know our peers and and you know a younger audience to, to come to coloring lessons as opposed to you know some of these parties that may seem kind of far removed from them because we're also very obsessed with just like the party itself um, and for us it's more about just creating this experience as opposed to just us DJing um, I think if it was just about us just DJing and just being in front of people and looking cool behind the decks and all this stuff then we would just you know have a two hour set at any venue or just have a two hour set at like any club but for us it's more about just you know having control and really curating the entire the entire night and the entire experience the most important thing i think our guests have realized which is that it's not about us coloring lessons it's more like the party the feeling like people um resonate with like the artwork the t-shirts and the stuff that we do we never really want to promote it as this is like only our thing not like some gatekeeper shit it's just as much our friends party as it is our party so can't think of one muscle car right now maybe like a th i remember my mom had a thunderbird or liked a thunderbird so maybe that one but i don't even know if that's muscle it's just an old ass car i don't know the old like boxy bmws yeah that's not a muscle car but they're cute, 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 cute.